0: Welcome to church, everybody. Give it up for City First Anywhere locations, Cape Coral, God Behind Bars. God Behind Bars, they are our favorite location, let me tell you. And all of you joining us on the Pando app, everyone online, we love you very much. Oh, man, I tell you what, it's good to be in church this morning, and I want to start out by thanking each and every one of you that have already given in our end-of-year legacy offering. I want to give you a little bit of a very quick update. In fact, you know, what we just literally received the first offering last weekend. This is the second weekend, and already we have put your generosity into action. Many of you saw on the news this week as there were tornadoes that have literally crossed the Midwest and done all kinds of devastation and destruction. In fact, the uh, governor of Kentucky said that there was a 200-mile-long path of destruction across that state. And so you know what? This morning, I literally texted John, who's my friend at Convoy of Hope, and I said, we are going to send $10,000 immediately to go help those that have been caught in the devastation. We're going to bring them food and water and clothing because many people have lost it all. So listen... Because you gave last weekend, we're able to do that. Do you hear that? Isn't that amazing? And also on top of that, because again you gave last weekend, and again I know realize that many of you are still going to give, but because you gave last weekend, we are also able to cover the meals of every single homeless person in Rockford, Illinois for Christmas dinner. So we are providing Christmas dinner to every single homeless person in our city. So again... Thank you so much for your generosity, and again, continue to give because that is what fuels the compassion in the name of Jesus and with the message of Jesus. So um, we are in a series right now that we're calling Tis the Season. I talked about Tis the Season for a Savior last weekend, and this weekend I want to talk about Tis the Season for peace, peace. How many of you could use some peace right now, right? I mean, right? You know, um, you ask people what they want for Christmas, just generally speaking, and they'd say things like, well, I want the new iPhone 13, or, you know, I'd like to have money, or maybe uh, if you're in Cape Coral, you want a new boat, or something like that. Um, You know, maybe a new purse, or a car, or some gadget, or whatever, and those, those are fun things, and yeah, that'd be great if we'd get those things, right? But... But then I'd, if I'd ask it, say, what's a little bit more of a meaningful gift? I mean, something that's more meaningful. Well, you might answer, well, I'd like to have all my family uh, back together for Christmas. That would be really meaningful. Or maybe you'd say, um, I'd like to have health or love Or um, I'd like to have uh, more stability in my life. It's been a crazy season. You want kind of a little less stress and more stability. Or maybe you'd say, you know, I just really, um, I'd I'd like to have a real good friend or a spouse or somebody up close that I could be in a relationship with. And I would say those are important. In fact, those are more important than, you know, an iPhone 13 or a boat, right? Um, It's much more important to have those things. But I would even say this. I would propose that there's even a higher level of gift that all of us need this Christmas season. And you say, what is that gift? I would say a more meaningful gift is this, the gift of peace. The gift of peace. And here's the reason why. You can have good health, but not be in peace. And you can have love and not be in peace. And you can have a spouse, a great marriage, or a best friend and yet still not truly have peace. In fact, you can have stability and a stress-free life and not have peace. You can definitely have money and stuff and not have peace. So I would say outside of the person of Jesus, this Christmas, the greatest gift outside the person of Jesus would be that we would receive the gift of peace this Christmas season. And I want to read out of Luke chapter 2. Luke is many times uh, where we read the Christmas story, although it's mentioned in more Gospels than just Luke. But Luke chapter 2, verse 14, just a portion of the story where the angels showed up uh, in the middle of the night, and the shepherds heard the announcement that the Messiah had come. This is what the angels went on to say. They said in verse 14, glory to God in highest heaven and peace. In fact, say that word with me, one, two, three, peace. Peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. I want to just take a moment and focus on that. That means that the peace that God gives is, listen, exclusive. It's exclusive. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, who receives the peace? Those with whom God is pleased. Which means that God's peace is not all-inclusive. You ever thought about that before? In other words, he announced through his angels that the peace will come to those with whom he is pleased. Well, then the next question is, is, well, who is God pleased with? Right? And I I don't know about you, I want to be in that category. Well, this is whom God is pleased with. Those who are his kids. In other words, his sons and daughters, those who have made Jesus the leader and the forgiver of their lives, that in an essence, like I talked about last week, that we need a savior because we were imperfect in our sin, but because of Jesus and dying on the cross, we have become perfect in God's sight. Therefore, he is pleased with us. Therefore, we can be recipients of his divine peace. You hear that? And peace is something that we all really need and we really, really want, whether we realize it or not. Over the last 3,500 years of recorded human history, there have been over 14,300 wars that have raged on the face of our planet. And there have been over 8,000 peace treaties signed in that same span of time. And yet most of those peace treaties have been broken. And at the end of the day, wars still rage. In fact, we're we're kind of worried right now because one might be starting over in the Ukraine. Not a lot of peace on earth, right, in the last 2,000 years. And wars don't just rage between countries. They rage between family members and employees and friends and coworkers and inside of ourselves. In fact, some of us have World War me going on inside right now, right? Division, hurt, pain, we need peace. And I would tell you, on our own, we can only create a temporary kind of peace. It isn't a real peace. It's temporary. In fact, is peace even possible nowadays? I mean, have you looked at the news, right? I mean, is peace even possible? Well, I would say this. To answer that question, a resounding yes for those with whom God is pleased. Because I believe we can have peace in the middle of crazy. And a lot of us today, we need peace because we got our fair share of crazy going on. In fact, I would tell you that we got to do four things, and that is this. First of all, number one, we got to picture our peace. We got to picture your peace, all right? You got to picture your peace. What do I mean about picturing your peace? Well, you got to rightly frame what peace is. And let me tell you, peace is not perfect circumstances. It is not perfect circumstances. I'm convinced And I want this too. So this is not like a a statement that I'm throwing anybody under the bus. I want this too. I think we think of peace as calm, predictable, and stress-free life. That's how we frame peace. We're like, yes, I need calm. I need especially predictable. And I need stress-free. But that is not really the definition of peace. I wish that we could have that. But If really, um, if if we could just pray all the hard out of our lives, if we could pray all the difficult out of our lives, then we would be in a place called heaven. And someday we will be there, but until then we can't pray everything difficult out of our lives. I wish we could. I would love to be up here. I'd become the most popular pastor on the planet. If I could sit there and go, all you got to do is pray, and everything difficult goes out of your life. I mean, wouldn't that be great? But if peace only came to those with struggle-free lives, then why does the Bible talk about peace that passes all understanding? Because if you have a struggle-free life and you have peace, well, that's understandable then that you have peace. But if you have a life that has a lot of struggle and conflict and there's opposition and mountains in your path, then you have peace. Well, that's not understandable then. That's peace that passes all understanding. Like I have friends that have received like a diagnosis from a doctor and yet they still have peace. And there are people that have navigated really horrible situations, and yet they still have peace. People who have experienced great loss and they have peace. people that face insurmountable odds, and yet they still have peace and The opposite is true also. I know people that really have pretty nice circumstances and yet they don 't have peace. people that have plenty of money and yet they don 't have peace in fact an early businessman in the early 1900s, Rockefeller. You've probably heard of him before, right? In fact, there's a whole center named after him in Manhattan. Well, there was a point that he literally could only eat crackers and milk because his stomach was so upset with ulcers over his stress about all of his money. And finally he woke up and he's like, what am I doing, right? See, just because you have money doesn't mean you have peace. And so... Peace doesn't come from perfect circumstances. Listen, peace comes from a person. You hear that? It's not perfect circumstances. It's a perfect person. And the only perfect person that walked the face of the earth was Jesus. And so it says in the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, verse 6, these, uh, this is a prophecy well, well before Jesus was born. And basically this prophecy is, is giving Jesus' nicknames, you could say. His attributes. And so it says, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and what's the name? Prince of Peace. Meaning, part of Jesus' attributes, who he is, is peace. He is peace. Where Jesus is, there is peace. Where Jesus is rejected or ignored, There is no true lasting peace. So we got to correctly picture and frame our peace. Second thing, we need to pursue our peace. Because peace will not strike you like lightning. You have to go after it. You have to pursue it. You see, we pursue all kinds of things in our life to give us peace peace, right? In fact, I'm going to give you something that you could put on your Christmas list, and you could ask your significant other or best friend or mom or dad or son or daughter to get this for you because it supposedly will bring you true peace. It is the tranquility pod. All right, the tranquility pod has pleasant sounds. It gently vibrates. It has lights, LED lights, that you can create a warm lighting hue that is nice and gentle on your eyes, and it's a water bed. So it's like heated, and you're in there just kind of rocking away, kind of like you're back in your mom's womb. You know what I mean? And here's the thing. For the bargain basement price of $11,000, you could have the Tranquility Pod. But here's the problem I have. It's the opening. Because here it is, there's a big opening where let's just say a little 10-year-old boy by the name of Paxton Dewert could come up and scream at you and say that he wants French fries, all right? I would need a door on the pod. Does that make sense? Like a door. They they, they left the opening way too big. People will go to uh, great lengths, great lengths to find peace. But I will tell you, if peace is a person, then the pursuit of peace is actually the pursuit of a relationship. Hear that? It's not a place. It's not the pursuit of a place. It's not the pursuit of circumstances. It's not the pursuit of a state of mind, but rather it is the pursuit of a relationship, a person, because this is what I know. And it sounds like a bumper sticker, but it's true. You know Jesus, you know peace. If there's no Jesus, there's no peace. Jesus, in fact, was talking in the book of John. It's recorded in uh, chapter 14, verse 27. And he said this this is a promise, like this is right before um, he, he actually ascends to heaven. And he's talking to his followers, but that also pertains to us. He says, Peace I leave with you. My peace. I give you, I do not give to you as the world gives. So in other words, he's making a distinction between the world's peace and his peace. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus doesn't bring a peace, he brings my peace, he says. There's a difference, not just a peace, but his peace. And if you need peace at a deeper level, it means that you need a deeper relationship with Jesus, right? I mean, really, because the deeper of a relationship, the more firm the relationship is, the more strong the relationship is, the more that we understand his peace. Oh, yeah, the world is still going to throw us curveballs. Things are going to happen. It's going to rattle us. It's going to freak us out. But then we run to Jesus. We ran to a person, not to perfect circumstances. Does that make sense? And like any relationship, it takes time, it takes effort, and it takes intentionality. I mean, imagine for those of you that are married, um, that you spoke to your spouse once every five weeks. How significant and strong would your relationship be? Well, probably not too strong. Um, It would probably be pretty surface-y, you could say. And yet, it's kind of interesting, studies have shown that in America, those that self-identify as being Christian, two-thirds of them say that they only go to church once every five weeks or less most of them said three to four times a year. Well, if you're only going to spend time worshiping Jesus three to four times a year, you're just not going to experience the depth of the relationship you need to experience the peace that he gives. So I want to encourage you, come to church more. But it's not just about church. I would even say that if you go to church every single week, if you go to church every single week, you still need To have a relationship with Jesus on a daily basis. Which means that you talk to him. That you read his word. Even if you're driving in the car and you're just kind of talking to God. Listen, it's okay to do that. Because again, like a relationship, it takes time. It takes intentionality. And it takes effort. And so we cannot have his peace without his presence. They walk hand in hand. So you say, well how do I strengthen my relationship with Jesus? Well, um, go to church often. Okay, that's not. I know that sounds such like a pastor thing to say, doesn't it? It's like, I mean, I'm very being very stereotypical here, but actually, that's a that's a Bible that's a Bible theme. All right. In fact, it's also not just a Bible thing, but uh, theme. But in the last two thousand years, it's a church tradition. And some traditions are not bad, by the way. Some traditions are good. And so, gather often. In other words, go to church often. Pray on a daily basis. Talk to God. You say, how do I pray? Just talk to Him the way that you would talk to a friend. And then read the Bible because that's him talking to you. And get in a life group, and you go, man, is that part? Yeah, because when you get in a life group, guess what? There's other people that can help you build your relationship with God. And go to Growth Track. I know we say it all the time, but Growth Track really is an amazing thing. That's once every month. We start at the first Sunday of the month, goes for four weeks, and you know what? It helps give a jump start to your faith. And you can learn how to have a richer relationship with Jesus. And last thing is serve. And you're like, really serve? Yeah, because here's what I know: is that when you serve others. Jesus shows up. When you serve others, he's there. His presence is there. And where his presence is, you experience peace. So not only do you pursue peace, but number three, you need to then, once you get it, protect your peace. Protect your peace. Because guess what? It leaks. And it can get stolen, right? Right? In fact, I would say this, one of the best inventions over the last decade or 15 years or so are these headphones that actually are noise-canceling headphones, right? Like, you're not even here right now. I think you laughed. I, I, I honestly, I cannot hear you because this little button right here is amazing. When I press it, everything goes away. And you know what I thought to myself? I thought, actually... That is what we need to do with our minds and our hearts in this culture often. We need to hit the do not disturb button. Remember I talked about last month. We need to hit the noise cancellation button because the enemy wants to steal your peace. You sit there and go, how's the enemy steal my peace? By putting things in your eyes and your ears that create fear and anxiety in your heart, right? He wants to steal your peace. In fact, I love what it says in Isaiah chapter 26 it says you will keep in perfect peace. Not just any peace. Jesus is perfect peace. All who trust in you, all the, whose thoughts are fixed. Turn to the person next to you and say fixed, right? Now fixed means that it is attached fixed on you. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. Notice that verse does not say that your thoughts are fixed on CNN, Fox News, or MSNBC. No, because that will not give you peace. Notice it doesn't say that your thoughts are fixed on social media. Because again, that will not give you peace. Or it is not fixed on the gossip in the office, or the economy, or the stock market, or what's going on in your life. But rather, your thoughts are fixed on a person, not on circumstances. Fixed on his word, and not just anyone's word. Does that make sense? Now I'm not am not advocating escapism. Some Christians get into this. Some they like you know try to escape everything. And no no no. Listen, we are to be in the world but not of it. And in many times people try to isolate from the world rather than insulate from the world. There's a difference. And here's what I know. I know that there's a difference between paying attention to the things in culture versus fixing our thoughts and our faith to those things. There's a big difference. So some of us, we need to engage the noise cancellation button in our hearts. Because worry and fear is really just ruminating on worst case scenarios. That's really, when you, when you are in fear and you're worrying, you're, you're ruminating, you're thinking about, you're meditating on the worst case scenario, right? And so what do we have to do? We need to fix our thoughts on God and his word. And there are some things that you and I just aren't meant to carry. Like we cannot carry the future. I just can't. I can't carry what's going to happen tomorrow, or next week, or next year. I, I really can't carry it. It's too heavy. I can only carry the grace that God has given me for today. And, and, and on top of that, I can't carry my past. It's also too heavy. See, some of you, you're, you're still carrying your past. And it's like a 1,000 pounds on your back. And, and it's too heavy for you to carry. Let God carry your past. Let him carry your past. Let him forgive. And the Bible says that basically he takes your sin and removes it from you. As far as the east is from the west, he throws it into the sea of forgetfulness. So let him carry your past. Let him carry your future. Only carry what you can carry. Let God carry the rest. So back on that verse, or one of those verses, verse 3, going back in Isaiah, it says this. You will keep in perfect peace all who trusts in you. Now, the word peace, if you look at the word, the Hebrew word, because this is written in the Old Testament, which means that the original language was in Hebrew. The Hebrew word for peace there is shalom. Now, some of you have heard the word shalom before because it's actually a Jewish greeting. Like like you and I in America, we're like hello, or maybe we're like Sup, you know, Sup. All right. Jewish individuals, they say shalom. You know what shalom means? It means this wholeness, completeness. And fullness of peace. It's a little bit deeper than sup, by the way, just so you know. All right? Fullness of peace. If you go back to that verse in verse 3 and you actually get into the original language, as Isaiah is writing it under the inspiration of the Spirit of God, as he's writing this, he says this, that when we fix our thoughts, in other words, on God, we will have peace. But that word peace there is not just shalom. He wrote shalom, shalom. Shalom. Two shaloms. It's like shalom squared. Okay, what's he getting at? It means this, is that when our thoughts are fixed on God, we don't just get peace, we get a double portion of peace. It is shalom, shalom. It is peace on top of peace, not just peace, But when you fix your thoughts on God and his word, you get a double portion of peace. How many of you could use a double portion of peace right now? My hand is up on that. So you need to protect your peace. Not only do you picture it, correctly frame it, not only do you pursue it, go after it, a relationship with Jesus, not only do you protect it by putting on the noise cancellation from time to time for your soul, but lastly, you profess your peace, Profess your peace. We are not to only possess peace, but we are to project peace. Does that make sense? It says in two Corinthians chapter five, verse twenty. So we are Christ's ambassadors. Ambassadors. I remember. I want you to remember that? We're ambassadors, actually. Ambassadors in this world. God is making His appeal through us. So how does God save the world? Well, He saves it, but. We proclaim it. We tell others. We share God's love. We share his compassion. We share his forgiveness. We also share his peace. You know, an ambassador, um, an ambassador represents his or her own country while living in a foreign nation. Well, you remember that. An ambassador is living in a foreign nation but is representing their own nation, their own kingdom, you could say. And by the way, if you go to an embassy, like the US embassy, if you were to go to, I don't know, let's say South Africa, you go to the US embassy, when you walk in that embassy, legally, you're on United States territory, which means wherever an ambassador is, when the ambassador is living there, they actually have a little part of their original nation that they're actually living in okay an ambassador does not carry his or her own agenda but rather carries out the instructions of the president the prime minister or the king of whom they represent so therefore if we are christ's ambassadors where we are should be a little slice of heaven And we should be carrying out the agenda and the instructions of our king. And if our king's name is the Prince of Peace, therefore, wherever we go, we are ambassadors of peace and we bring peace into our workplaces, into our neighborhoods, into our cities, our communities, and our schools. You see, if we're bringing strife, then we're bringing our own agenda, not the king's agenda. And if we're bringing anger, we're not bringing the king's agenda, we're bringing our own agenda. Like when we walk into the office or to school, hopefully people will say, oh, there comes Jeremy. And wherever Jeremy is, they may not verbalize this, but they feel wherever Jeremy is, there's peace. Hopefully they're not like, oh no, here comes Jeremy, drama. See, we're representing a king, and we're representing a kingdom, and we must do it accurately. We don't bring fear. See, this is one of the things that bothered me the most about this COVID crisis we've been in, is there's been so many pastors and churches out there that have brought fear. I'm like, listen, if there can't be hope that is projected from God's church, where are people gonna find hope? We should be the ones that are giving hope and love and compassion. That's why we went, we went into hyperdrive when it came to compassion during the crisis because I'm like, we don't need more crisis, we need hope. We need peace. Oh listen, when you come to church or whether you're in your living room watching on a smartphone right now or whether you're in a physical location, I pray that you experience God's peace in this place oh yeah, we're gonna say things that are maybe gonna, you know, make us a little uncomfortable from time to time, but that's okay. That's different than not experiencing peace. May we be people of peace. Do you know your workplace needs you? Why? Because it needs peace. And your school needs you. You're like, oh man, school's crazy. Yeah, and it needs you because you're an ambassador of Jesus Christ the Prince of Peace. I love how St. Francis of Assisi, he is attributed to writing this. Wrote this many, many years ago, actually in the 1200s. Said, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me so love. Where there's injury, pardon. Where there's doubt, faith. Where there's despair, hope. Where there's darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. See, we're ambassadors. How does God bring peace on earth? How does that happen? Like practically speaking, in 2021, how does he bring peace on earth? Does he just wave a magic wand over the earth? And all of a sudden, poof, there's peace? No. You know how he brings peace on earth? Through his ambassadors. Through you and I. We are the conduit. We're the funnel of peace wherever we go. So here's a good question Do I project peace to those around me? That's a sobering question. I've asked, I wrote this sermon. I wrote it. I got convicted. I'm like, oh man, do I bring peace? Like when you walk into the office tomorrow, do people go, oh, here comes drama? Or do they say, now here comes peace? Maybe they don't say that, but they feel it. You see, we must be purveyors of peace, wherever we go, because we're ambassadors of Christ. So this Christmas season, every time you hear the words, peace on earth, in songs, on the sides of buildings, in a, you know, from a sermon, or whatever, I want you to remember this, peace on earth comes from you, and it comes from me. We're the ones that bring God's peace. We bring the spirit of Jesus wherever we go. And one of the ways that we can bring peace, a very tangible way, is that we can invite people to meet the Prince of Peace. On the 23rd and 24th of this month, we will have our Christmas services at City First, and you can join us in a physical location, or you can join us online or at a City First Anywhere location. And you know what? I wanna encourage you on the way out the door today, if you're at a physical location, grab a stack of these invite cards. Bring them to work. Bring them to school. Bring them to your neighborhood and basically say, I would love for you to join me this Christmas season at City First because do you need peace. Do you need hope. Do You need joy. There's going to be a message of those things. Peace, hope, and joy at our Christmas services. And this is what I know. I don't all the way understand it, but in America, people are more open to going to church around Christmas and around Easter. They just are. So your invite might be an introduction to the prince of peace do you understand that so i want all of us to do that who can you invite pray about it but then do it don't just pray about it also then do it invite people to come and as you lead today i want to be i want to like be emptied out of all the invites and if you're online you can go online to our app and you can download an e-invite and you can send it to someone and they can even join you online on those services but Let's invite as many people as we possibly can. Let me pray with you, okay? But before we do that, let me just ask, which do you need prayer for? Do you need to picture your peace correctly? You thought peace was perfect circumstances, but actually it's a perfect person named Jesus. Do you need to pursue your peace? In other words, do you need to deepen your relationship with Jesus? Do you need to protect your peace? You've allowed too much to get in your ears and in your eyes and you need to put on that noise cancellation of your soul and be able to protect your peace or number four do you need to profess your peace you need to project it more wherever you go you need to understand that you are the ambassador of jesus in that space and place and you bring peace let's bow our heads and let me pray for you heavenly father i just thank you thank you for my friends and god we need peace on earth some of us need peace inside of our hearts Some of us, we need to realize that we bring peace into our environments. Either way, God, bring peace, peace that passes all understanding. Even though the world might be crazy, even though our world might be crazy, Lord, may we experience supernatural, divine peace. Thank you, God. We need it. We need it. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you say, you know what, I've never made Jesus the leader and the figure of my life. In other words, you talked about a relationship with Jesus, but I've I've never had a relationship, or maybe at one point I did, but I've drifted. Today would be a great day to be able to just say, you know what, I need Jesus. I need him to forgive me. I need him to bring peace into my heart. I need his love. It's unconditional. You don't earn it. And if that's you, and you say, I want to make Jesus the leader and the forgiver of my life, my Lord and my Savior, just raise your hand and put it back down. Again, you're not joining a church. You're joining the family of God. Yeah, there's hands up, I'm sure, at all of our locations. Can we all say this prayer right before we dismiss? Can we say this prayer? It's an important prayer, all of us, especially if you raise your hand. Say this prayer after me. Jesus, I come to you today, and I need you. Forgive me of all my wrong. And all my sin come into my life i need your peace and i accept your unconditional love thank you for dying for me i want to live for you in jesus name amen 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 i'm gonna invite jen to come forward here and you can give a round of applause to everyone who prayed that prayer